Welcome to Hannibal's Horny Abachi, a weekly dinner party where we watch and discuss an episode of Brian Fuller's Hannibal. I am your host, Sonia, your friendly neighborhood true crime nerd. Let's go around the table and introduce the rest of the party. Hi, my name is Celeste. I'm an artist and a nerd, and I'm very new to Hannibal. Hi, I'm JJ. I'm a local filmmaker, a local nerd, and the fanibal of the three. And this week we watch Yakimono, which first aired April 11, 2014. This episode, all of God's blessings are raining down on Chilton. Wait a minute, that's not rain! <laughs> so Marion's eyes during her visit to the lab was intense. Like her like her intense stare as she's getting swabbed down is really freaky. She wasn't really in her body yeah, at the time. She's a husk. Yeah, I like that they. I did like that they used a female tech to examine her, though. That was like, well, they probably have a standard issue thing for this. Beverly's not there. You have to remind me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just getting over the grief. But um, however, I really disliked the scene where Miriam was in the shower, as it was obvious the actor was using the hand that was supposed to be cut off. (laughs) That bothered me a little bit because she was like lifting her hand to wash her hair, and I'm like, your stub is there. Keep it down. No, wasn't she using her? Yeah, she was using both hands, but she was using both hands with the one cut off moving around. That bothered me. I didn't really see it though. That maybe her like arm is like like on the other side and you can't really see it and then you like see like the stub. Yeah, I'm just like uh, <laughs> I didn't see anything wrong with that scene, but maybe um, I wasn't paying attention enough. Well I'm a baby about that sort of thing. I'm like, uh oh, come on. So there's there no one doing continuity right now. Jeez. Oh yeah, we're also listening we're also drinking Barefoot Moscato again which is because we had such a good time with it last week when we drank mm-hmm. two bottles. Yeah, that's why I bought it again. I was like I was gonna get the pink one but I was like, I don't know, they like they like this one last time. I'll get this one. <laughs> Um, so the fear of this episode is really tangible, especially related to Miriam. I really, she looks like her body is ready to snap in two when she is with Jack. Their apologies to, to each other was also really sweet. She obviously really looks up to Jack and blames herself for getting into that situation that Jack is blaming himself for. So it's like, oh, it's freaky. He is to blame, though. Yeah, he is oh, to blame. Yeah, he totally <laughs> was. <laughs> totally blame him. Uh, but Marion's sort of drug-induced apathy and absolutely flat, de- flat delivery of how the Ripper treated her well sounded like total Stockholm Syndrome, mm. which I'll talk about a little bit later in this episode. Uh, when Jack asks her why the Ripper spared her, she says she wasn't spared and that he was saving her for last. I didn't get what that means, saving her for last. Mm-hmm. What do you think, JJ? I wasn't sure about that either. <laughs> <laughs> do you so. think it, like, explains further in the season? Or is that just, like, a thing we have to figure out now? I, I think don't... he just, um, I think he was saving her for when he realized Jack was getting too close. I think so, too. Like, it was weird. I made a note here. What the hell is Hannibal's long game? You know? Mm-hmm. It just, it felt really weird to me. I, I honestly think... It's just one of those weird surprises that came up in the writer's room from a practical point of view. Uh, they were just like, because I don't think anybody planned for her to really come back. And I, don't, I don't, honestly don't think so. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. If anyone's ever talked to Brian Fuller and he <laughs> says otherwise, please please let us know. Prove us wrong, Panda. But yeah, like, I have a feeling like it just came up in the room. It's like, is it possible? Could we bring her back? Did we actually, like, anywhere? In, did we make a note saying that she was dead? Like, absolutely dead? And it's like, no, we should bring her back. That'd be... That'd be awesome. That's what they talked about. And it's just like, so it was a weird decision made by committee, as most writer rooms are. And so to me, because now that I'm watching this like a third time, I'm kind of like, it just makes no sense to me that she is there. I think she is, 
she is a setup for Chilton um, to to have him, have him be fingered as the the Chesapeake Ripper. Mm. She is there to get a Jack because Jack was getting too close to the close to the truth regarding Hannibal. But yeah, like when I first saw this too, I was really surprised by her return because I'm like, oh my god, like uh, Jack is not to blame for somebody else's death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but her traumatization, yes, he, he is to blame for that. But it's like, yeah, it does seem like they needed some big shocking thing to happen, and her coming back was like that's why this show bothers me because you can't believe anybody's dead until you see them in a food thing, like you see their face in the fish. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> you can't yeah, I get what you mean oh, of sorry. that too because. Even, like, with Abigail, like, you know, she is dead, but I still kind of don't believe it because I didn't... You, you I just seen her see ear. Her. Yeah, exactly. Just her ear, I only, the only show in the show. Anything that you can survive without, that, that like, an arm or a leg or something, they're still, they're still out there. That's the same. <laughs> it's just one of those weird things, too, where it's like, uh, I really like... For me, headcanon is that, uh, even though they don't want to... You don't really want to give a label to, him, to what Hannibal is. But to me, in my head, he really is, like, a true psychopath. And a lot of what he does is to is for his own whims. Yeah. And though he can plan things far ahead, you know, he can he has the patience for it, certainly. But it just... This move made no sense to me. Like, that means he anticipated maybe... What, like, yeah. lots of things, you know? Like, I can't believe he had the foresight for all that. Like, I can kind of believe how he would hang on to Gideon for a little bit to torture him a little bit. Like, that kind of thing, maybe, I, I kind of believe. But keeping her alive for two years, like, That's that kind of really makes no sense to me. Time. It's like, yeah, it's just, it made no sense to me, and it kind of took me out of the story. But I was kind of like, okay, well, because I already know what's coming, I suppose I can forgive it. But at the same time, uh, I just, I don't like it. I really don't like this. Uh, like, I get why they do it. You see in the episode. <laughs> it's it's a, to take away the scent from Hannibal, but still, it just made like no sense to me. Yeah. Like, okay. Whatever. Fine. But Not I like meant. that. <laughs> just like, okay. Okay. But Hannibal looking at the camera during his discussion in the interrogation room was freaky as fuck. I love that they used the reflection off the glass so that both him and Miriam were in the frame. That was a really beautiful shot. I just mm-hmm. love that. I'm like, I wouldn't have thought of it, but I'm still like, ah, like, God. and that's such a confident gamble, like. That he wouldn't know, or that she would that know. She, that, that what he he did to her worked. Yeah. And then he went right up to the window and, like, it's like, it's not me, me, me. And oh I just, just want to fucking slap him. such a smugging bastard. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to slap him, that bastard. Well, we'll get to it later, but I, I'm like, I have no idea how he made that work. Because, like, traumatic memories, I, well, we got to that point, you don't forget them. You rarely forget them. Like, they're so entrenched in your mind. Like, I was watching a documentary on um, femidal, female genital mutilation. And every girl, no matter how old they were when it happened, remembered the exact moment that happened to them. Because it's so, like, traumatic, right? And so the idea that she forgot what he looked like, this person who, well, she was, he would always she, she would always see him in shadow, so I can probably let it go. But that part bothered me because I'm like, he kept her hostage for two years. She got to know him, like, his voice at least, and, like, seen him a few times, and that sort of thing. Got to know what his hands looked like, that sort of thing. Like, and it, it took me out of the show a little well, bit. Wasn't he, like, mm-hmm. hypnotizing her? Yeah, he was hypnotizing her. So he been probably been, like, saying, like, this is not my voice. This is, like, not my figure. This is what I sound like. <laughs> <laughs> but it bothers me that Alana's being used to interview Hannibal. Like, do they not have anybody else in the FBI that could have helped them up? Because it seems like it's a conflict of interest because she is giving away a lot of information about what they're doing mm-hmm. damn it Elena <laughs> so. yeah it's like yeah I went, it's like 
don't you all know somebody else besides Alana? It's like, look what happens when you use the same psychiatrist for everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they frame children. <laughs> uh, but I feel that, yeah, I feel that her presence ruins the case if they do find evidence to get Hannibal. That whole bit with his fingerprint being in the farmhouse where they found Miriam would probably have been a bigger deal had Alana up in there. Because she's like, well, it's just, a, it's just a fluke that it's there. I thought mm. it was more like Will saying that it's, like evidence is not what it seems. Yeah. And they just happened to see like the on the fingerprint and that kind of like drew them away from what <laughs> but that also that evidence. Yeah, it also anticipates that Hannibal knew that Will was going to say something like that. God damn it. So think of everything. Say, again, that's why this, this whole episode bugs me. Is like, as much as I like to believe that Hannibal is so super smart and like a chess player, can anticipate as many moves as he can. But there's so many players in this game. How can he How can he anticipate everybody? every single move that every person is going to make ten heads ahead of, ahead of time? You know, it's just... You know, the one thing that does bother me, you know, they found his, like, fingerprints and also, like, the equipment. Why didn't they, like, question that he was there? Yeah, like, at they... At the scene of the crime. They, they found his fingerprints. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, Chilton is the murderer. We well, gotta go get him. It's also pr- probably from, like, uh how Will's evidence got everywhere, or, like, all those people's evidence got into his house, into his, his lures. Again, they know that Chesapeake Ripper gets around and does whatever. So I guess at this point now, they they can't even believe their own evidence that they have. It's just so stuff. Like, everything's been planted so far. They learned it. I mean, late. as they learn, as they realize, oh, shit, Will didn't do it because, you know, he's free. <laughs> so it's just like... Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm reading the <laughs> Hannibal recap page on TV Tropes for this episode, and it's uh, what what they call it is Xanato Speed Chest, where uh, it's players build in the need for such flexibility in advance because of the old adage that no plan survives contact with the enemy. Uh, indeed, many players start with a plan as simple as possible because that introduces as few things as possible to go wrong. Uh, let's see, 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 see. Uh, so it says here that Hannibal's gone to ridiculous lengths to ensure himself and set Chilton up to take his fall. The shortlist follows Graham warning Jack that at some point during the investigation of the location where Miriam was found, he will find evidence that exonerates Hannibal. Hannibal anticipated Will's prediction and left evidence that points towards himself. He creates an extensively convincing and damning crime scenario to frame Chilton, going in so far as to call two FBI agents and murder them in ways that make it appear as if they had been eaten. And the biggest one is Hannibal had hypnotically tricked Miriam into believing Chilton was the one manipulating her during her capture. This causes her to freak out and, spoiler alert, shoot Chilton when she hears his voice during his interrogation. So it's probably what he did to Will, yeah. But it's again, it's so much work. Yeah. It's, it really, like, it really is, and just to me, it feels, you know, He's I would marry Sue. Yeah. <laughs> In my mind, you know what I would have appreciated, and even though it felt it might be considered pandering a little, I would have liked a moment where a flashback or something showing Hannibal why and where he anticipated all these bits and pieces, like mm-hmm. just to help dummies like me along. It's like, I like I like to pretend that I'm smart enough to figure out how Hannibal did all this, but at the same time, I'm like, it just makes no sense to me at this point. Like, the first time I watched it, I just kind of accepted as as whatever, right? Because, you know, you're just trying to enjoy the show. And now the second or third time I'm watching this, I'm like, what the fuck? Well, it's like that scene in, uh, in The Emperor's New Groove where they're like, how, uh, how did you get back here so fast? Oh, yeah. And she's like, how did 
basically crumbling. Yeah, he pulls out the diagram. I don't know. According to all things, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm waiting for is off to the side. How did you anticipate that? I'm not sure. It doesn't doesn't make any sense. sense. But we'll proceed anyway. (laughs) It's like, all right, fine. Uh, But I think this episode is where stuff, as, as JJ said, is starting to get ridiculous. But I go along with it anyway because it makes sense in some points. Uh, there's no shark jumping yet, uh, but I really appreciate that. Because, like, uh, like, as long as it's believable in some way that Hannibal could have anticipated this thing, I'm like, okay, I can see it if I'm making the logic jumps there. And But it's still, like, I, I think we get to that point in season three where things start to get a bit, like, too much for me to believe. I'm like, mmm. That's, that's why I don't like season three that much. Because I feel like that's where they reached the point where they got a little bit too ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, going on, um, that scene where Hannibal is standing right in front of Miriam with the glass between them, chilling as hell. I just hated that part. Because, like, you could see, throughout the episode, you can see her reacting to his presence, which makes me think that on some, on some, some co- subconscious level, she knows it's him. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, like, an actor choice, too, probably. But, yeah, it just freaks me out. Anyway. And is it me, or is that interrogate? interrogation room like the darkest room ever yeah <laughs> how come in every other show it's the brightest room ever and there it's just all moody it's, it's all like the it's mood. an it's art like, thing probably yeah, FBI can't mood. afford some light bulbs and some white paint it's like come on y'all well they also have a prison that looks like something out of uh, Les Miserables basically <laughs> like yeah. like the, the the mental health hospital is like a freaking gulag it's terrifying it's like I know it's a it's an art deco choice but still I'm just like come on y'all <laughs> We're just sitting here. Now, like, now I'm just nitpicking now. Because <laughs> this whole episode bothers well, me. Well, speaking of nitpicking, can we all agree that Will's angelic Italian angel hair as he leaves prison was beautiful? I just love that. <laughs> oh I was like, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just sitting there like, oh, it's beautiful. Hair. I just love he has this new air of confidence when he mm. walks out of that jail. He puts on his coat. Well, because he knows he's door. right. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like. Yeah, and it just, I love how he just kind of keeps going and oh, children's like... I love like, that mood, when like, you know you're right. It's like, why did Hannibal not just kill you? Because he wants to be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was like my favorite exchange this episode. Mm. When he said that, I was like, lame. Gay. Okay. <laughs> he does look very cute in his glasses, though. Oh, like, yeah, when he puts them gosh, on. He puts on his, you know, suit of armor. My glasses. <laughs> He's so cute. So we go back to the farmhouse where Miriam was found, and we see some of the glass slides that Beverly was found in, as well as her blood being stored. R.I.P. again to our homie. I miss her so much. <sighs> oh, Bev. Beverly, you're gone but not forgotten, girl. Mm. The tree in Hannibal's office during Will's hallucination reminds me of the angel in Silence of the Lambs during Hannibal's escape in that movie. It was mm. a really cool shout-out. I really liked it. Um, I also really like that Will is figuring out Hannibal's long-ass con about why he's doing this. It's like, it's just like, oh, I'm just being a, basically so, a dumbed down to, I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's his plan. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> this entertains me to no end. <laughs> it's like, I love watching you guys scurry. It's fun. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> um, but question, did Alana take care of Will's house while he was in the pen? I think so. Yeah, because she's always there. Like, well, she has to take care of the dog, so I imagine she at least, like, does the occasional dust buster and, <laughs> you know, a little sweep here and there and Yeah, I, I can see that. 
Uh, I also really loved how happy his dogs were to see him, inc- including the one that didn't belong to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Applesauce. Well, Applesauce knew that he's a dog person. He's very lovable. <laughs> uh, but I love Will's face when Alana reminds him that he tried to kill, have Hannibal killed. He's like, oh, right, I tried to kill Hannibal. Right, <laughs> I did do that. He was having like, a nice high of like, being free for once, and he's like, oh, right, I did that, do that. That's a little plot. <laughs> yeah, I really like, too, that whole exchange, too, that whole scene where she, like, they exchange looks, and he can see it, like... She's having sex with Hannibal. Like, you are fucking, aren't you? <laughs> it's like I could see it, and then I can totally see like why in Alpha Beta Omega Dynamics and fan fiction they always write, "You can smell it." <laughs> That's I was what like, you can say. I, I was about to think. I bet you I can smell it standing there. <laughs> she just like ugh, I don't know. It's just I don't like Alan in this whole episode. Me too. Because there's no justifiable reason for her to be so angry at him and so defensive. Yeah, because like okay, understandably like. If if Will's right, Hannibal tried to frame him. If uh, if Hannibal's right, Will is just a sick man, hmm. and you can't keep take into account that he that he knows what he's doing. If he's a sick man, and Alana is just taking it so personally, it just bothers me so much. This episode, I think she's just angry with herself for not realizing. Again, if we go with the Will is a killer thing. That she did not see this. But again, she's not seeing it with Hannibal either. Yeah, um, again, just uh, blinded by the D. Blinded as we by mentioned in the last D. episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so we must admit it is a fine D. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I, would, I would give up my life for that. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> well, no, I would uh, well if, if Hannibal wanted to date me, uh, you can imagine that, like, everything... Like, okay, <laughs> not good one. If, uh, if a Hannibal wanted to date me, it would be, like, uh, all these fancy dates and stuff, and he'd teach, like, he'd teach you how to dress for, like, dinner parties and stuff. So it would be a fantastic fairy tale sort of thing, right? Despite the fact that you're probably going to die and end up in one of his casseroles or something. It would be a fun trip on the way there. Like, be kind. she got to find better men here. <laughs> Well, let's look at the men on this show. Like, who would you actually date? Like, Jimmy's possibly gay. Uh, well, I can't remember that other guy. Um, uh, what's, his, what's the other guy's name? I always forget his name. Oh, Zeller and Price. Zeller's, yeah. Zeller's uh, dated uh, dated Fre- uh, Freddie, so you know yeah. he has terrible taste. <laughs> Hannibal's crazy. Will is obsessed with his dogs. And Jack is married. And Chilton's just loves Chilton's himself too much. Chilton's kind of a skank. <laughs> he seems like he's really impressed with himself. You remember that scene in American Psycho where um, Patrick Bateman was having sex with the with the prostitutes, and he's just checking himself out. That's Chilton. That's how I feel. Chilton. Oh, is. probably. Oh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. He probably have a mirror set up there and just watch <laughs> is that himself. A mirror <laughs> <on the> ceiling? <laughs> but uh, I love that Chilton is so bitchy. This episode, it's like I know I say that every episode he appears in, but he's such a bitch. Love it. Um, his talkative ass is making him seem so guilty. <laughs> like, if you don't, if you go with the idea that you know nothing about what Hannibal's doing, like he does seem like he's incriminating himself. That is true. Yeah, it looks like, and he looks like he's fumbling and doing a bad job. Of yeah, it. I'm yeah. trying to cover his ass. His fear is both cute and really douchey. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but uh, Miriam seems to have aged fifty years from the first time we see her. Till after she's found, she looks completely different from what she looked like before. I really love that. I think it's just like a, it's just um, mm-hmm. an acting thing, but it was still pretty cool to see that she does look like she's been through a lot. I do like that scene where she gets her arm. Oh yeah, yeah, that's 
That was a that cool was scene. Sweet. I like that scene. It was funny. Uh, at one point, Will says, like, he's doing his, you know, his talky thing. And he's like, uh, you catch a, fish, catch a fish once. It's a lot harder to catch a second time. I think they say that line again uh, later. But um, I just thought it was so funny because I, I just remember fishing again as a kid. <laughs> I know it's so funny. When uh, a fish always, like, either took the bait or bit off the hook or something, my people who I was fishing with would always say, hurry, hurry, rebait your hook. That fish is still there. And I'd be like, okay. So I was taught, whether it's true or not, uh, I was taught that it's actually easier to catch that fish again because he knows there's food in the water. Yeah. Mm. So I thought that was interesting when they say that. Catch a fish once. (laughs) It's harder to catch again. I go, really? In our neck of the woods? It's not. (laughs) Those fish are like, ooh, food. Well, because it's like goldfish forgetting every 30 seconds. It's like that type of thing. It's like fish aren't that smart. And it's like, actually, well, it's like they can be smart, but I guess some, I don't know. I guess it's just dumb fish in, in, in Manitoba. <laughs> All that poison in their bodies. <laughs> but anyway. Sorry. Oh, man. But yeah, like, uh, was it? Uh, Marion remembering the the Ripper's seizure-inducing was really uncomfortable for me, and I could feel it in my teeth while all that flashing was happening. Mm. Also, I could not imagine watching it on my new TV. I was watching it on my computer. <laughs> so <laughs> my new TV from last episode. If I had watched it on the TV, I probably would have passed out. It was so so intense, that episode. I was like, oh. Once again, the sound design in this episode is well done. Yes. Uh, as always, I listen with my headphones, and I could just... Oh, I can hear I can hear the heartbeats. I can hear the the weird like um, uh, Oriental inspired music in the background. And it's just mm-hmm. it's just it's really good. And I'm just like ooh, it sets the mood really good. Yeah, it's beautiful. I really love that because like um, I was listening to it on headphones as well, and uh, there was a scene where you can hear like knocking in one one side of your one side of your headphones, and I thought someone was at my door. So, <laughs> 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 so good sound design. It fooled me a few times. Uh, but yeah, like it's. I could not, yeah, I love how Hannibal doesn't lock his his damn door this episode. Like, people are just breaking <laughs> in all the time. Like, you know, but then again, it is Will, and he, and he has FBI skills. He knows how to break in if he had but to. it's like he ain't about that home security. Like, people have broken in a bunch of times, bringing bodies and stuff. Like, uh, Will broke in with Chilton, or not Chilton, uh, Will broke in with uh, Gideon. He broke in again to try and kill him this episode. He well, broke maybe in. he has, like, a big ego, and he knows he's, like, the baddest bitch in the <laughs> city. There's just nothing else can get him. It's like nothing's going to happen. Well, like, the only person who almost killed him was the one he killed anyway. Like, he got killed, mm-hmm. so it's not like anyone else can take him out. And he's probably, like, covered his ass in that way so that it could never happen again. Like, he makes sure all the doors are locked when he goes to the pool now. <laughs> Stuff like that. Or I wouldn't even put it past that Will just simply broke a window. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, fuck your house. Burn this place to the ground. Uh, but uh, I love the fact that Hannibal has beer glasses in his fridge annoys me to no end. Like, I hope he closes that door too fast and they break. Like, I was so mad. I was like, Ugh. Oh, were there glasses in there? Uh, there's beer glasses so they keep the, glasses, they keep the glasses cool so that, like... Oh, that's uh, a good idea. I never thought to do that. Yeah, it's a good idea but it's annoying because it came from Hannibal. Because <laughs> <laughs> they do that at uh, one of my favorite bars in town is Shark Club, and they do that with the glasses there too. So for uh, they do that with A W. We serve your root beer to chill to us. <laughs> well, it's delicious that way. I love root beer from A and W. Whenever I go to an A and W and they don't have the glasses, I'm like, what's the point? Yeah, what's the like, point why? really? <laughs> oh, I was gonna say though, from that whole scene, yeah, when uh, Will is com- uh, has that confrontation confrontation with Hannibal, um, 
there's a line there that Hannibal says to him, like, you know, if you shoot me, you know, who will answer your questions? And as I was sitting there, I was like, hey, that's actually very reminiscent of a line from Interview with a Vampire when Louis is talking to Armand. Armand says almost something exactly to him. Because I think he... I forget what's going on in the in the book. It's been such a long-ass time since I've read the book. But Well, he wants to know what, uh, what, the, what the point of their existence is. Yeah, he's asking him all these very philosophical questions, very existential questions. And, um, and then I think at one point Louis wants to leave him, leave Armand after the whole thing with Claudia goes down. And Armand basically says to him, it's like, it's like well, you can't leave. You know, who's going to... Who's going to tell you things, you know? Who's going to give you all this knowledge? Because, uh, yeah, in the books or whatever, Armand, at a glance, he's, like, only 20 years old or something, but he's actually, like, 500 years old, so he, he knows more than Louis, mm -hmm. but only, like, a smidgen. He actually really doesn't know that much. <laughs> uh, in, the, in the books, uh, Armand actually was kind of in this weird cult for a really long time after he became a vampire, so he, his world was only as big as Paris, too. So even though he's old... He's actually not that much smarter. This is just him kind of tricking Louis. Anyway, I just thought, again, we got those fun parallels happening again between um, Anne, Rice, Anne Rice vampires and Hannibal. Crooked crossover! <laughs> That's all. Uh, but uh, I love that everybody's seducing people with information this episode, this season. I will, like uh, Agreeing with you about like him saying, like, who's going to answer your questions if I'm not here? Yeah. That's always the biggest regret when somebody dies is that they take that information from you. It's like you don't know that stuff anymore. Not that I'm like waiting for him to exonerate me from all these murders, but like in, in general, like that's one of the biggest losses if someone like that you love dies. They take all that information, all that knowledge with them, and it's it's forever gone. It's really sad. Where's the will? <laughs> Where's the money? <laughs> I love it. But this, this season is a real orgy of the mind, really. And I, like, I fucking hated Hannibal pretending to be scared of Will trying to shoot him. Because you know he's not I know, scared. right? He's just acting. He's like, oh, don't shoot me. I still took pleasure of that. I was like, yes, he's flinching. Yeah. Again, it, uh, to me, again, it's probably one of those weird moments where I wouldn't put it past, like, oh, my God, I'm probably reading too much fan fiction. But I wouldn't put it past that Hannibal was probably hard in his pants with that gun in his face <laughs> just because you know it's his baby putting the gun going like I really want to kill you and he's like yeah you do <laughs> yeah you do <laughs> and then he doesn't and then it's like Blue he, might, he might be back <laughs> so, <laughs> God, I read too much man <laughs> someone help me <laughs> pray for me <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, moving on. Again, I, 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 we see Miriam in uh, Hannibal's office for the second time, trying to figure out what exactly happened after she disappeared. And so she sees the drawings that Hannibal, like the the wounded man, is not there, the one she saw before she was kidnapped. But the the other drawings are there, and it's really cool. I really like that scene, just because they they cut back to the first time he she arrives. Mm -hmm. I really love that. Um, but it's what is that point? <laughs> Something's backing up. Yeah, there's something like I look, we're, we're filming it on my apartment right now, so that's why it's always there's always weird noises. But it's uh, it's just wishful thinking on my part that Miriam remembers that on some level that Hannibal is the is the perpetrator of what happened to her. Well, I like mm. that scene because she kind of like follows her past self mm -hmm. when she walked into the room and like went to, straight to the table and like looked through the paintings or the. The drawings, and it's almost like, she, yeah, it's like what you said, it's almost like she knew, but she, like she, she doesn't remember. Yeah, she knows, it's like um, in Memento, she knows the steps, but she doesn't know why. Yeah, like It's she, like deja, deja vu. Yeah, it's hmm. like deja vu. She's like, why am I here? I know something. Something's wrong. 
But it's weird. Uh, I just love that. Um, the season is making me afraid of strobe lights in a similar way that last season. <laughs> See? Yeah, last season made me afraid of antlers. <laughs> so I'm like, like my fear is not sounded. This is going crazy. Oh, just crazy. Um, so we get to the heart of this episode where we see Chilton's house. I really think that Chilton's house is the complete opposite of Hannibal's. Me and um, JJ. And yet still mirrors his house. Yeah, it's just, it's just opposite. Yeah. yeah. And JJ and I were discussing this while editing the episode, uh, last episode, where Ch whereas Hannibal has the harpsichord, uh, Chilton has the piano. And we're just like, ah. Yeah. And Hannibal's house is all dark, whereas Chilton's has, like, you know, sunlight. <laughs> it's like, one's a vampire, <laughs> one isn't. It's bright open, has a lot of electronics, and a lit up wine rack. Mm. Whereas, uh, we, don't, we don't see the wine rack in Hannibal's house. No, we see it when, when, when Bev goes to down to his basement, but it's more of, like, a traditional, like, dark wine rack. Mm. Um, I could be the mistress of that house. I could see myself there. <laughs> <laughs> minus... <laughs> The corpses minus the corpses. In happier times. I probably would have been one of the people killed in that massacre. But to, to, uh, sunrise and set. Anyway, moving on. Um, my favorite thing this episode. My favorite thing. Chilton seeing the seeing Gideon in the basement and running up the stairs without a thought about his damn cane. Yeah. <laughs> just like, was I knew so that wasn't so It's like, fuck my foot. It's <laughs> like, well, I'll fix my foot later. <laughs> I was pretty concerned about his foot <laughs> since he dropped it, though. But that was so awesome when he sees uh, Hannibal in his footy pajamas. And He's like, just, oh! His space suit. It's like, oh, shit, it's true! <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't he know on some level that it is Hannibal? I think he doesn't, like, he's about 60-40, probably. He's like, okay, I can see Will's argument for this, but I'm like, why would that nice man that, like, is, like, donating stuff to the Philharmonic, like, why would he be killing people and eating them? Why, Will, tell me. <laughs> I don't know, I think, like, like if you take from, uh, was it last, yeah, last episode they had a dinner party? Yeah, and he was all like, I don't want Hannibal suspecting me. I really think by that point, he's really like maybe 80% convinced. And then with all this new stuff happening in this episode, he's like, oh my God. It's true. He's, he's, yeah, I think he was almost like, I think it's fucking true. And then sure enough, he sees Hannibal in his house and he's like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> I feel bad that Chilton's frame him up by Hannibal is just so damn perfect, mm. but it's so damn ridiculous, too. Uh, if similar things hadn't happened in the real world regarding serial killers, I would have been like, oh, Cousin Merle, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Cousin Merle, <laughs> really? Because, <laughs> like, uh, similar things have happened where people have been framed for other things, and, like, serial killers have gotten away with with various things. Like, um, I don't know if I mentioned this in the Ted Bundy episode when, when we first started the podcast, but Ted Bundy's last attack was on a was on a sorority house and he killed and, and injured about four girls and no one heard a thing and mm. it was like it, like it, if uh, being into true crime makes me believe stuff like this could happen like it, it's makes it believable for me but mm. yeah it's pretty cool but poor chili Poor Chili. Chili. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. He's such an asshole, but I'm like, he did not deserve yeah, I didn't like him at all when he first came into the show. It's like, mm. oh, this, this douche, this douche canoe. But like, this episode, it's like, oh, you know what? He's all right. He's an all right character. And then, of course, the moment I like him, he dies. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no. I learned my lesson that you, should only, you shouldn't love any characters love in this show <laughs> unless it's Will or Hannibal because those are like the top two. 
they'll probably be alive at the end. But, <laughs> yeah. I have to give props to uh, set deck, props, and special effects on that lovely framing of Chilton. That whole setup, we know it's Hannibal, but I'm just, like, for real, <laughs> at a glance, props to props and makeup and all that, because that shit looked really good, and I was like, oh, yeah, well, you totally did it, Chilton, <laughs> seeing that big trail of blood all the way. <laughs> like, freaking uh, Gideon, Gideon's body looked bruised. Like, I, I remember seeing that. Like, I, I was like, oh, my God, the, the Hannibal beat him up first before he brought him there, and he cut off bits of bits of ch- oh, uh, Gideon. so gross. You and, see, like, his leg is, like, yeah. not there, and it's kind of, like, cut up, like, ready to, like, get... Get ready, yeah. yeah. And then there's that whole bit with um, the, the FBI agent being disemboweled, so mm. you can see, like, he did it because Gideon did it. You could, like, you could see the whole crime scene there that it's, like, okay, it was Chilton. He had the reason to do this. And I'm, like, man, bravo, that was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, too, like, I still feel like it was too perfect. Yeah. Again, it was, like, what, what happened with Will when Will was in prison and they were trying to, you know, both his fan and Hannibal were trying to show that it wasn't Will, you know, because look at these dead bodies. It's like, why in the fuck? Like, if, if it was Chilton, <laughs> if it was Chilton... Why in the fuck would he be like, you know, I'll put this dead body here, yeah, reminiscent of a previous crime scene. I will put this dead body here, reminiscent of a crime scene, so they know it was me. It's in my house. Fuck that. But yeah. so they know it was me. Yeah, that makes no goddamn sense. Again, in serial killer lore, though, oh, Gacy buried people under his basement, and like people were like, "Well, did anybody notice the smell?" And like everybody noticed the smell. Like everybody who came there just thought it was like him stink being stinky. Like they didn't care. Like that's why I'm I'm willing to drop my my uh, disbelief for certain things because like weirder things have happened in shows like, in real life like uh what was it um just trying to think about it well anyway i'll think about it <laughs> but no like what what i'm saying is like okay it's meant to set him up yeah but there's dead people in his house <laughs> no, you, don't totally to, you don't need to you don't need to do it you don't need to dress it up <laughs> You know, it's like, well, considering like, what we why said, would he ruin his furniture yeah. to do these murders? In yeah, his just, own house? it just made no sense. It was, it was, it's a setup. Obviously, anyone with half a brain, like me, <laughs> would say, "Boy, this is set up perfect for us here at the FBI. We don't have to do very much." Well, and it's, um, it's like what you said last episode. People have to be told point blank that something is happening, and Hannibal realizes that. That okay, they'll believe it if they see it. And, but again, it goes back to Will's thing. The evidence that's left is gonna is gonna point away from who it actually is. And uh, I don't know. And the FBI would probably assume this was Chilton's berserker period. He realized if Chilton was the Chesapeake Ripper, he would assume that they were close, and he would go nuts, and he would go for one last kill before he went to prison. That's the the profiler in me. <laughs> but again, it doesn't make any sense that he would kill people to that degree. He would kill an F- two FBI agents who have logged where they're going. That seems like too much. It's mm-hmm. like, eh. like I, I think Hannibal just went a little crazy. Like he could have just had Chilton in there, and like mm-hmm. that would have been sufficient for people to be like, oh, it was it was him. But, yeah. But then he had to do the just speak ripper stuff to prove it was him. Yeah, but fair enough. Like even when he goes to Will's house, which is kind of cute. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was really sweet. Yeah. and he says to him, "It's like, what, you know, after he's like, can I use your shower?" <laughs> he's I love like, "How happy the dogs are to see him!" Yeah, <laughs> he's like, he's like, uh, Will says to him, 
you run and you look guilty. And Chilton's like, you didn't run. And you look plenty guilty. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that is true. No matter what the hell Chilton does. <laughs> He's going to look guilty as fuck. It's like, yeah. even with the setup that is obviously his house, either way, run, stay, mm-hmm. he looks he's guilty. Screwed. Yeah, he's yeah. screwed. And I was just like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to like bring back something. <laughs> I just like laughed at myself just now uh, thinking, because you know how Hannibal went to the door in his like, spacesuit to yeah. like, answer the <laughs> And that would be the How did that... <laughs> That like happened like did they answer the door and like Hannibal's there and he's like they're like oh hey Hannibal like what's why are you here That's in your space yeah I know right did they like drag them inside and like just murder them <laughs> or did they like walk inside and he's like oh yeah this you know this is there Brad what's happening man yeah, no I, I I thought how convenient that we black out <laughs> we don't see how he takes out two FBI agents at the front door in his footy you know like I, I don't know about it's you daylight. yeah like if I saw someone dressed like that I'd be kind of like. And there's, I would like, a take a out person. I would literally random. take a step back away from the door. I don't care even if you like if it was Sonia's. <laughs> I would take a step away from the door and be like, "Okay, what you doing, buddy?" <laughs> I'm painting. <laughs> exactly. Right. Be like, and I don't know, like, but still, I would have I would exercise caution, and yet some I don't know. Hannibal did some kind of magic where it's like. <laughs> Oh, he uses charms. Yeah, like, come on in. <laughs> Again, this is the Wendigo stuff. Like, anything, anytime something weird happens, we'll blame the Wendigo. Mm, that's the right, thing okay. from now on. Because he's magical. <laughs> I Magical thing. Um, the, I love how bitchy he's still being, despite being wanted for murders. <laughs> because he, tell, um, he tells, well, I had corpses on my property. You just threw up an ear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he's like, you really have to be this bitchy right now. Will's trying to help you. Also, I found it cute that he was, Will was the first person he went to. That was really cute. That is pretty cute. But well, who's the only so, person who's yeah, going to fucking believe exactly. him? <laughs> <laughs> Will protected everything, and he didn't listen. So, of course, he goes to him. Yeah. Yeah. Cassandra Truth. Cassandra Truth, yeah. But how far did children expect to get in that fancy-ass car he pulls up in in, in, in uh, Will's house? Like, because it's like a, a, I can't, I'm not good with cars, but it looks like a really expensive car. And it's like tiny-ass Italian job, probably. And I'm like, do you not have, like, a Kia or something you could have kept for this job? Well, no, it would have looked suspicious. Mm. <laughs> I think either way, he was screwed, and he was really thinking off the top of, the, top of his head. Like, for real. He's like, not expecting to get framed. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Chilton didn't have a plan. And obviously, he's not studying killers well enough to <laughs> apply what he's learned all this time. You know, it's just. Eh. But another thing that killed me, I love Will's bored look throughout his conversation. I know. It's like I fucking told you so. It's like, what do you want me to do? It's like it was sort of like he was mocking him too. He's like, "Oh, you're not a killer, Frederick." When he like had the pointing gun. the gun yeah. at him, it's like you're not gonna shoot me. Who are you kidding? I love it. Uh, but I love Chilton because he's acting the way anybody facing this shit would act. Like, everyone minus those guys who found the cast-off mur- mural bodies in episode one of season two uh, are too damn calm. Like, I said it before and I'll say it again. If I ever found a body, I would shit my pants, change my pants, and then call the police. <laughs> it's just like, ooh, like, people are acting too calm around seeing all this crazy shit. And Chilton being framed for murder was at least a legitimate like reaction to what was going on like if i saw hannibal in my house dressed like that i would have like threw up and been like oh don't kill me <laughs> i would like poop all over myself just, uh, oh like like knock everything off because i'm so clumsy of being scared <laughs> i would be so pathetic i would just be like don't kill me just, like, the whole time. i don't know i think i probably would have sat down and just would have been like 
kitchen. <laughs> oh, so okay. the Canadian. Yeah, yeah like, it's weird. I think I would skip all the stages of mourning <laughs> right into acceptance. Into... I'm just like, oh, crap. Okay. Well, we all got to go sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, so can you just do me a favor and, like, knock me out first? Like, help a brother out? <laughs> so, yeah, I won't do anything. Just, just hurry up. <laughs> But, okay, for this week's uh, true, uh, Under the Table True Crime segment. I don't know why I sound like that. Um, I, I wanted to talk about Stockholm Syndrome, which is not something that uh, that Miriam is necessarily suffering from, but there are signs of it a little bit. So uh, Stockholm Syndrome is a condition that causes hostages to develop a psychological alliance with their captors as a survival strategy during captivity. These feelings resulting from a bond formed between captor and captives during intimate time spent together are generally considered irrational in light of the danger of risks endured by the victims. Generally speaking, Stockholm Syndrome consists of strong emotional ties that develop between two persons where one person intermittently harasses, beats, threatens, abuses, or intimidates the other. The FBI's hostage barricade database system shows that roughly 8% of victims show evidence of Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, formerly named in 1973, when four hostages were taken during a bank robbery in Stockholm, Sweden, Stockholm Syndrome is also, also commonly known as capture bonding. Stockholm Syndrome's significance arises because it is based in a paradox, as captive sentiments for their captors are the opposite of the fear and disdain an onlooker may expect to see as a result of trauma. From a psychoanalytical lens, it can be argued that Stockholm Syndrome arises strictly as a result of survival instincts. The victim's need to survive is stronger than his impulse to hate the person who has created the dilemma. A positive emotional bond between captor and captive is a defense mechanism of the ego under stress. These sentimental feelings are not strictly for show, however, since captives often fear that their affection will be perceived as fake, they eventually begin to believe that their positive sentiments are genuine. Stockholm Syndrome is not merely a condition developed in victims of kidnappings or hostage situations. It can also be applied to a wider variety of situations, afflicting victims of domestic or child abuse, human trafficking, and incest. Prisoners of war, political terrorism, cult members, concentration camp prisoners, slaves, and prostitutes can also fall prey to Stockholm Syndrome. It is believed that women are especially subject to develop the condition. Um, evolutionary speaking, research suggests, uh, research supports the gen genuine scientific nature of Stockholm Syndrome. Responses similar to those in human captives have been detected in some reptiles and mammals, primarily primates. Ideas like dominance hierarchies and submission strategies assist in devising explanations for the illogical reasoning behind the symptoms of those suffering from Stockholm as a result of an oppressive relationship of any kind. One of the adaptive problems faced by other hunter, our hunter-gatherer ancestors, particularly women, was being abducted by another band. Life in the human environment of evolutionary adaptedness is thought by researchers such as Israeli military historian Azar Gat to be similar to that of the few remaining hunter-gatherer societies. Deadly violence is also regularly activated in competition over women. Abduction of women rape are widespread direct causes of reproductive conflict. Being captured and having their dependent children killed might have been fairly common. Women who resisted capture in such situations risked being killed. Azorgat asserts that war and abductions were typical of human prehistory. 
When selection is intense and pers persistent, adaptive traits such as capture bonding become universal to the population or species. This is something that happened with the Iroquois and a lot of times they would kidnap uh, Cree, uh, Dene peoples and bring them into their own societies to uh, make them Iroquois by capture. So it's something that commonly comes up in pre-contact societies as well. Hmm. And uh, J.C. Duggar uh, was also a sufferer of Stockholm Syndrome. Um, she was kidnapped when she was 11, repeatedly raped. She had like two children by her captor who, when they were finally found, uh, the kids cried because they missed their dad. And she felt really bad about getting him and putting him into prison. And mm -hmm. so it's like, you can understand that because she's like basically lived with him since she was a child despite all the horrible stuff she went through. But it was really interesting stuff. I really like it. <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome, anyway. <laughs> but going back to the episode, did anyone else get scared about the idea of vengeful Lawrence Fishburne chasing them down through the woods? That was so scary. I was just like, just shooting at him and just like, get out there! <laughs> so the first part. It was a very dramatic chase scene. <laughs> through the winter forest. And I love children just falling all over himself. <laughs> He looks so pathetic, but in such a great, great way. Like, when he, like, fell in the snow, and he, like, looks at Jack, and his face is all wet. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> that would be me. I would not have any any class or any shame if that were me. I'd just be like, just kill me. <laughs> well, I was, like, watching that scene, I was like, oh, Jack, don't do it. Don't do it. He's an innocent man. And I was, like, just thinking how that's going to be, like, another regret he's going to have mm -hmm. if he does kill Chilton, if he did, and, and then like, finds oh. out he was he was yeah innocent. He was innocent, but he didn't. So I was like, yes, Jack, <laughs> you won't have that regret later. You're still a human being. <laughs> uh, once Chilton arrives in prison, his pitiful exhaustion and pouting is hilarious, and I love his dire warning to Alana that she won't see the truth about Hannibal until it's too late. Foreshadowing before you get shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, fuck, I hate. Everything's in to the face <laughs> in this series. <laughs> like, later it happens with a knife later, and then here you got shot, and then it's just like, and I thought, man, if I was ever getting attacked, not the face. Not the face. <laughs> not the face. <laughs> I need this face. Uh, when this episode first airs, uh, aired, I frantically looked up how survivable that shot to the head would be, because Kilton's there. I was like, Children, no. Mm. And then I was like, he didn't take it to the brain. It's still good. It's still good. Yeah, I guess so. If it's like, yeah, right in the cheek, mm -hmm. you go in a straight line, and the brain stops right just by the ear. So I get, eh. he could survive it. Maybe. Like, that was like angled up, though. Yeah, the oh, that's a good point. Can bounce, yeah. and bounce around in your face. So maybe he'll just like lose left, his left brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, just, ugh. <laughs> It's like, I gotta look up how survivable that shot would be. Anyway, um, but we see uh, in the last scene that Will wants to restart his therapy with Hannibal Lecter. And good God, Will's new haircut. Eh, total dream daddy. <laughs> oh my God, but I was watching this episode at home. I, I got the headphones on and like I swear for a minute I looked away from the computer for whatever strange reason. And then I heard the, and I'm like. <laughs> my heart skipped to me I was like it's Will <laughs> so I had to pause I laughed at myself and I'm like what the fuck's wrong with you just watch the show like, <laughs> yeah, so I put it back and I'm like okay yeah alright Will's at Hannibal's door and I'm like and then I'm watching this uh, clip where the door opens and you see Will there standing and he's wearing like his most nicest 
non-plaid shirt he owns, <laughs> but still looks very well worn. Very rugged, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, fans love this scene. They use it so much when they're following the show canon for their own <laughs> fan fiction. They always come back to this scene, and I'm just like, and they always talk about those, like, Hannibal's sweater in detail, and I'm just like, yeah, I recognize that sweater <laughs> just from shit I've read. Does he ever wear jeans? Like, I don't think he's wearing he Hannibal? Jeans. Yeah, Hannibal. He does in fan fiction if you need them. <laughs> he borrows them from Will. Yeah. And they always talk about how they're just a tad too small. Oh, my God. <laughs> so tight. Oh, good God. <laughs> yeah, the scene left me, like, really puzzled and confused mm -hmm. of, like, why he decided to do yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Like, I, I, I can't, I don't know why. Well, I think just to get closer? Just partly like, that reason. Keep an eye on him? Yeah, because my whole, my whole thing with Hannibal is that Will is doing a long con to get to the second that he could kill Hannibal. That is my belief. But he already had his chance. Yeah, but I think he's, he's trying to get the answers out of him before he kills him. He, I think he wants to wants him to admit it yeah. to his face. You but know, he, just like tell me you are the Chesapeake, Chesapeake Ripper. Ripper. You know, like something because oh, like Hannibal yeah. like was gonna say like like even when he had that gun to his head, he's like, I'm not gonna tell you a goddamn thing <laughs> without saying it. And he's like, No. We got to do this different, and that's why he left. And then, yeah, sure enough, that he's like, "What's one thing that Hannibal fucking loves about me? He loves the way my he mind works." Me. So it's just like he comes in all well dressed, and I'm just like, "I like to resume my therapy." And then they have a seat. Yeah, that's like, sense. "Where shall yeah. we begin?" And it's like next to this, you know, firelight, <laughs> nude, wine. You know, what should we talk about? You like, start. How much of an asshole yeah. you are. Like, he's not scared of Hannibal at all. Yeah. After this, it's like, I think, yeah, after this, it's I like... I would be scared to be in the same room with him after all that's been done. And I think Hannibal, uh, Will knows that Hannibal won't kill him until he gets what he wants. Technically, yeah. Which is like a, a sex thing. <laughs> <laughs> Pop that cherry. Oh my god. <laughs> Somebody's cherry. Somebody's getting popped. <laughs> but, uh, I just love Will this episode. Will looks beautiful. I love it. His fashion sense is on point mm -hmm. in this episode. Like, even with that old shirt, he's still working it. Mm -hmm. Well, like, you could, put, you could put Hugh Dancy in, a, like, a potato sack and he'd look pretty. Yeah. <laughs> he's a beautiful man. Again, I was, uh, when I saw him at San Diego Comic-Con, like, I was breathless. Like, I was like, oh, he's so beautiful, so tiny. <laughs> So tiny. He is like, I'm, I'm a tall woman, so I'm used to guys being shorter than me, but it was adorable in his case. I'm like, oh man, I'd be your Amazon. <laughs> I'd be your Amazon. I would. I would be like, oh, he's so cute. I'd be like, I'd be your cult follower. <laughs> but we've come to the end of the show. Did anyone have any other stuff to add real quick or anything they wanted mm. to bring up? I think I got everything I wanted to say. Oh, cool. But, so what was your favorite thing this episode and why? Favorite and least favorite. Celeste. Oh, wait. I did have something I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm surprised you guys didn't mention that uh, Hannibal smelling Will. That he, that's how you knew he was in the kitchen. Oh, oh right. right. after shave. <laughs> yeah, I to say I have shave. Well, I, did, I did mention Alpha Beta Omega uh, dynamics, yes, but not that I've seen. That's a very good point. He didn't say anything about the aftershave. <laughs> I think he about knows it, the aftershave he uses. Yeah. That's a damn like, uh, sense of smell coming in there. It's I like, don't mean this uh, to insult, but 
Yay! <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's like I smelled my bay come in. <laughs> I recognize that. It's like, smell. how bad is this aftershave? <laughs> no, it's like Old Spice, probably. It probably is just Old Spice because it's just such a common scent. Yeah, so. for lazy men. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, but we've come to the true end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> what was your least favorite and least favorite thing in this episode, and why, Celeste? Uh, my favorite scene is the dog scene because it was so uh, cute. Like, oh, the like Will's smile. Like, I haven't seen his smile in so long. <laughs> So happy, but the doggies it just melted my heart. (laughs) Also, his clothes too. That was that was great. And my least favorite is just like Jack in this episode of like he was so close to figuring out, and just one little evidence is like, oh no, it's Chilton, it's Chilton. We gotta get after him. You just wanna. It's like it's like we need to check on this thing. Jack, no, (laughs) you're so close. So disappointed. <laughs> uh, how about you, JJ? What was your favorite? Uh, well, favorite's probably got to be that one line near the beginning of the episode where it's like, why didn't he kill you? Because he wants to be my friend. <laughs> he wants to be my best good friend. Yay. Best friend. <laughs> Reese is like peas and carrots. <laughs> <laughs> least favorite. Just, least favorite. Jeez. Uh, hmm. <sighs> you know what? It's just, it's, um... It's just got, yeah, it's got to be Jack Crawford in this entire episode. It's just, he's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know it's, he's just, I, I know it's because of all he's been through now. You know, he, he can't seem to trust his own senses anymore. Like, understandably. Yeah, well, all the stuff that's happened, yeah. Yeah, like, he just realized, oh, shit, like, Will is innocent. And, and it's like, he, it's like a weird betrayal. And then he got betrayed again that he was, he was actually innocent. And it was just, and now he's, like, going through this whole thing in a weird haze. And he can't trust anything that's happening. So it's just, and it's just frustrating because we as the audience know what's happening. <laughs> so it's just, uh, it's just frustrating. <laughs> My favorite thing this episode was the absolutely perfect frame up of Chilton. Mm. Chilton's legit reaction to being framed. <laughs> he's like looking up pathetically at Hannah's house. <laughs> I'm just like, I feel so bad for oh him, but god. it's like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> it, like it, things like this make me really like Hannibal because Hannibal has covered his ass so extensively that it's like, wow. <laughs> I just to do that voice, but my least favorite is kind of more of a of a thing. It's not really related to it being bad, but that scene where right before Miriam shoots uh, Chilton through the glass, she's having that total break, the anxiety breakdown scene where she's reacting to him being the killer. That reminded me so much of like legit anxiety attacks I've had previously regarding uh like trauma i've faced so like that was the worst like you could feel it in your heart like oh if you've ever experienced that level of anxiety that is the legit worst because you feel like you're gonna die and like her hypoventilating just hit me where i lived like it was a beautiful scene so it could could count as one of my favorites as well but it was also one of my least favorites because it hit me where i lived Mm. but it was beautiful anyway but anyway, on that note, <laughs> so where can we find you on the Instagram webs? <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and Tumblr at Satuma, S-A-T-U-M-W-A-H. And you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr as JJ Neeps. And you can find me on Instagram as JJ Neepin Films. 
And you can find me on Tumblr and uh, Twitter as honey underscore child, honey dash child on Tumblr. And you can find Hannibal's Horny Hibachi on Instagram and Tumblr as Hannibal's Horny Hibachi. And on Twitter as HH Hibachi. And I just realized this is we're upla- uploading it right now. We just did episode 20. Yay! Oh, yeah. so, I, <laughs> so I should have said that last episode, but I didn't realize we were doing episode 20. But yeah, that's pretty cool. So thanks for all who have stuck with us. Like Yay. I've seen you guys on our SoundCloud from all over the world. It's pretty cool. And I really hope you guys like are enjoying our contents and having a good time, laughing along with us. Shout out to Kira, who really likes our new added sound effects that we've been doing this episode, <laughs> this season. So we're trying new things, trying to do more stuff like so send us a line if you want to of what you want to hear more of yeah for sure like we're like we like read everything yeah (laughs) like every review (laughs) so really like yeah if you want to send us something or you want to tag us in really dumb things like feel free yeah we love getting those pictures that's our favorite yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah we will see you next time on Hannibal's Horny Apache bye bye